Hello, and welcome to the Agape House of Worship weekly podcast. Through this podcast, we hope and pray that you will be equipped and empowered to live the life that God has planned for you. If you are blessed by this message and would like more information, please visit our website at www.agapehousenj.org. Thank you and God bless. Thank him. Let's just worship him. I want us to give him a shout of praise. Hallelujah. Jesus is risen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's alive. Jesus is alive. Amen. Can we have our seats? I want to welcome everyone to God's presence today. If you're worshiping with us for the first time, I want to tell you, you are in the right place. Amen. Uh, I want to thank you for coming. I don't know what brought you here today. Uh, Maybe you are going through some challenges and you just want to come to the house of God. Or maybe you haven't been in church for a while and you say, you know what, Easter period might just be a place to, I mean, a time to at least uh, check out what goes on in church. Or maybe you've always been here, but obviously you decided this is, uh, you have to be here today. I have a short message for you. The Lord has a plan for you today. You are not here by accident. You are here because God wanted you here. And I want to announce to you his plan for you shall come to pass in Jesus' name. Amen. I trust God that he will speak to us today. I trust God that you will not leave this place the same in the mighty name of Jesus. Let us pray. Father, we thank you because your word is quick your word is powerful your word is yes your word is amen your word has life your word has power your word creates father we ask you will speak your word today don't just speak the word speak it with your resurrection power let everyone be touched today let everyone be inspired today let everyone be healed And let Jesus be glorified. Thank you because you have answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Hallelujah. That brother did a wonderful job reading the Bible. Can we put our hands together for him? Amen. Some people just have a way of reading in such a way that the word uh, come alive. Uh, And he's sure one of them. Amen. Uh, We thank God for that. Today I'm going to speak... Uh, in the bulletin, it says the king, our king is alive. But I'm going to tweak it a little bit by just uh, looking at the question that the angel asked the two women that came, or the three of them. They're actually more than three, but they mentioned three names out of them. And that passage is very, very, very powerful. In Luke chapter 24. This is the day of resurrection. The first day of the week, in, I mean, Sunday is the first day of the week. I know some people want to believe it's Monday. It's not Monday. It's Sunday. So on the first day of the week, very early in the morning, the woman took spices they had prepared and went to the tomb. Three women were named here. 
each of them, interestingly, has their story. Mary Magdalene was one of them. We know that the Lord has cast out seven demons out of her. So she's loyal to Jesus. I mean, she remembers what Jesus has done for her. Joanna was one of them. Joanna was also one of those people that Jesus has touched. In fact, in Luke chapter 8, verse 3, we learn that he is the wife of a man called Chusa, who is the manager in Herod's house. We also learn that he was one of those people who supported Jesus financially. In fact, if you look at Luke chapter 8, verse 3, the Bible says these women were helping to support them out of their own means. There were a group of women who supported the apostles. If you notice, they quit everything they were doing. They followed Jesus. So there were a lot of people. They, we didn't, the Bible doesn't talk much about them, but I'm sure Jesus talks about them. Jesus knows their name. Amen. So she was also one of those people that was there that morning. Then there was Mary, the mother of James. There was not so much talk about her, but he was, she was also there. So this woman, they have their stories with Jesus. And interestingly, they decided they were going to go look at, they were going to go see him. But just imagine what has happened. The past three days must have been very rough for them. In fact, the rest of the disciples, they still haven't gotten over the death of Jesus. They still haven't got over the aftermath of the death of Jesus. Just three days earlier on Friday, Thursday night, he was arrested. On Friday, he went through all kinds of trials. Just three days ago, he was betrayed. He was sentenced to death. Everything happened within the space of 24 hours, between Thursday night and Friday. But it must have been harder because the person that betrayed him was somebody they also looked up to. One of the 12, just imagine, one of the 12 betrayed the master, took money, 30 pieces of silver, and Jesus was crucified. The betrayer must have broken their heart very, very seriously. So their long-awaited master died. Unthinkable happened. The movement they believe has been created, apparently, has ended. Fix this. Or should I use my regular mic? I'm good? All right. Are you? Hallelujah. Okay. Maybe you need, somebody need to turn this off or something. This is, uh, all right. All right. Where, where are we now? Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I think let's turn this off. I mean, we don't really, I would do without it, okay? All right. Thank you. So they went from being celebrated people to vilified people. They went from being people that everybody envied as people who are around Jesus. And all of a sudden, within the space of three days, things changed completely. Everybody turned against them. Entire nation turned against them. The religious leader turned against them. 
the Romans government, the people turned against them. The movement was over. And they just said, you know what? Let's at least honor him. Let's at least, by law, we must honor the dead. So they spent Saturdays, I believe, Saturday, I believe, or Sunday, Saturday, preparing the spices. They prepared spices and went to the tomb. And that's where we saw, we, uh, this story started. That they took the spices that they had prepared and went to the tomb. But it's a little serious than that. They were all there. Just imagine this woman. They didn't just read this in the book like we read today. They were all physically there. They were there when they heard the scream. Jesus screamed, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I was studying this and I went to Matthew chapter 27 verse 46 or a few verses, verse 55. The Bible says, many women who followed Jesus from Galilee, ministering to him, were there looking from afar. So they were there looking from afar, among whom were Mary Magdalene, they say Mary, Mary the mother of James, all right, and mother of Zebedee. They were there when all this happened. They experienced this tragedy. So it must have been very, very, very difficult. So they were going there to honor the body of Jesus. And when they got there, there were three things that happened. We call them the three surprises. First, they found out that the stone has been rolled away. Hallelujah. Now, the interesting thing is they were there when the stone was rolled in. They saw it. They saw that, no, 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 we weren't just dreaming. We were there. When Joseph the Arimathea rolled the big stone, he must have been assisted, in front of the entrance of the tomb. They saw it, but to their surprise, when they look, the stone was no longer there. That was the first surprise. So I'm sure they got there and they were wondering, what, what, what happened? Did somebody roll the stone? Did somebody beat us to this? Are there a group of people who came before we came? We thought we would be the first person. We came very early so we can be the first set of people that we honor Jesus Christ. Then the second surprise, they went inside and they could not find the body of Jesus Christ. Nothing was there. And I'm sure in their mind, in fact, they thought somebody stole the body of Jesus. They assumed the worst. They said, wow, how can people be so cruel? They, they took him, they killed him, they crucified him. Now they did the worst. They even came and stole the body. Now, we witnessed him die. We watched him being buried. Now he's gone. We can't even find his body to honor. We can't even find his body to at least show him some respect. Just imagine their fear. Just imagine the emotions going through their mind, their body. Imagine the feeling. I can feel fear because they will, want, they will be wondering what is next, right? What, what, what is the worst thing that can happen? They must also be even afraid for their lives. So maybe it's us now. 
And I can also see anger. I can see because they knew all along Jesus wasn't wrong. All these things, you know, was a sham. These were cooked, I mean, all the offenses were cooked together, and Jesus was just crucified because some people wanted it to happen. They felt powerless. Now they can't even find the body. And uh, if you read further, I mean, obviously all the Gospels uh, recorded this incident, but all of them gave different detail. In John chapter 19, we read that Mary Magdalene took off and ran. As soon as she saw the stone was rolled away, she ran to them, and in, my, in her mind, grave robbers. They robbed the body. And suddenly, the third thing happened. The angels showed up. Hallelujah. The Bible says, two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. They were surprised first that the stone wasn't there. The second surprise, the body wasn't there. Then the third one, two men from nowhere just appeared. And answer, I mean, ask them a very, very powerful question. And that question is, why do you look for the living among the dead? I mean, this question is what we're going to look at today because I think it captures our actions a lot of time. They weren't, they weren't going there to look for a living person. You don't go to the tomb to look for the living. You go to the tomb to look for a dead person. And the angel said, you're in the wrong place. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? I believe this question redirects the old, their old mindset. It redirects everything. First of all, the question redirects them from death to life. They were thinking death. They were thinking, you know, let's honor the dead. They were thinking, this is the end. You know, many times we have those feelings. We have those feelings or things happen to us that makes us feel like, you know, this is the end. These things are never going to get better than this. This is the worst thing that can ever happen. You know, death is something that we all fear the most, right? It's the worst thing that can ever happen. You know, many people, if you have lost, lost a loved one, a loved one rather, you know how it can feel. It's, a very, it's the worst tragedy. You've lost someone, a spouse or child or even parents. You know how bad it can be. But that question redirected everything for them. They were thinking the end of Jesus, but that question said, it is never the end. Praise the name of Jesus. You know, so many people live life to die. So many people, they are dying to live. But if you have Jesus in your life, you live to live. Death is never the end of a believer. And that is very, very, very critical. Death is never the end. For someone that has truly accepted Jesus Christ as is our Lord and Savior, one of the things that changes for you is death is no longer the end of your life. In fact, death is the beginning of a new life. Praise the name of Jesus. 
So that question is very, very critical. Resurrection means a lot. Resurrection is, the, is, is so powerful. It defines the essence of Christianity. We don't visit the tomb to meet God. We visit the Alpha and the Omega, the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. If we receive this question well, it will reorient our life. And if you revisit this question as a person, it changes your focus. It calls us to seek the Savior, who is the life giver. It tells us resurrection is coming, regardless of what is going on. It tells us there is something better, even after a tragic thing like death. So he redirected them, that you have, you have missed the point. Stop focusing on the death of your Savior. He is alive. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to turn to your neighbor and ask them that same question. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Stop looking for the living among the dead. Stop looking in the wrong direction. Stop going to the wrong place. There is resurrection power. Praise the name of Jesus. I also believe the question redirects them from the cross to resurrection. You see, we like to focus on the cross. We theme this whole Easter, the power of the cross. The cross is powerful. The cross is the symbol of the, of the love of God to us as human. The cross represents the death of Jesus Christ. His suffering is very, very important. But sometimes we forget when we talk about the cross that there is Sunday morning. Even on Sunday, some people can still be morning while forgetting that the resurrection has occurred. So this is Sunday. Jesus already rose. Resurrection already occurred. But they were going there to mourn. I don't know anyone here. Maybe you're mourning. Maybe you're mourning for something that has happened to you. Maybe you came here in sorrow, in sadness. This question redirects you. I'm praying that this question will redirect you away from sorrow to hope that is in Christ Jesus. So this question redirects us from cross, not just the cross, from cross that Christianity is not just about the cross. It is about resurrection. You know, if you focus on the cross alone, our faith focuses on tragedy, not the trial. In fact, what makes the cross powerful was the resurrection. It's the resurrection that had triumph to the tragedy that took place on the cross. You see, without the triumph on the cross, our faith will be, will be, will be stuck on tragedy without resurrection. Our faith will be a sad faith. Our faith will be something that will just get us to be, you know, to be sad, to feel, you know, to feel sorry for our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, we don't serve a Savior that we need to feel sorry for. Praise the name of Jesus. We serve a Savior who is triumphant. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So resurrection adds triumph to the tragedy of the cross. So the angel changed them, changed their thoughts, redirected them from the cross to the resurrection when he asked that question. 
The third thing that happened when he asked that question, he redirected them. If you read, we're going to go back there to the scripture. I want us to go back there and see what he said. I believe that should be in verse, verse 5 or 6. Towards the end of verse 5. Why do you look for the living among the dead? Hallelujah. He is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee. The son of man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners. Be crucified. And on the third day, be raised again. Hallelujah. So the angel directed them back to the scripture. Redirected them away from their feeling. You see, imagine the range of emotions they have. As we have described that. They were mourning. They were bewildered. They were angry. They were afraid. And many times in life, we are overcome by our feeling. Many times in life, we even think our feeling is more important. And I'm sure to those women, there was nothing more important than how they felt. They felt betrayed. They were angry towards uh, uh, Judas. They were angry towards everybody that conspired. They might even be angry towards Peter and the rest of the disciples. They were fearful. They were afraid. They were sad, sorrowful, all kinds of feelings that was going on. But with that question, they were redirected to the scripture. It is always important when we are going through things, when our feelings are, are screaming, I am the most important to redirect ourselves to the promise of God. Praise the name of Jesus. So with this question, we can confront our feeling. And that's what the angel did. The angel confronted their feeling. Why are you looking for the living among the dead? Stop believing that your feeling is more important. You're still mourning when resurrection has occurred. Hallelujah. My question to you is, are you willing to confront your feeling with the authority of the word of God? The authority of the word of God, I can tell you, is greater than your feeling. It's greater than, and sometimes, even our feeling of hopelessness. You see, hopelessness is a feeling. Our feeling of defeat, sometimes we might feel so defeated. Our feeling that it is over. Sometimes we might feel like, you know, life is over. Sometimes we might feel, you know, there's nothing else for me. What can happen in this marriage? What can happen to me in my future? Those feelings must be confronted by the promise of the word of God. Because the Lord has a promise for you. There's a promise over your life. The word of God says it, and the Lord stands by its word. So when the angel asks them, why do you look for the living among the dead? He's confronting their feeling. Praise the name of Jesus. And redirect their feeling towards the scripture. I want to challenge you today. Maybe you have something going on in your life. I want you to redirect your feeling toward what he has already told you. To what was the scripture say. I want you to begin to disbelieve your feeling. We don't walk by our feeling. The Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Sight is our feeling. 
sight is just what we you know sight is just what we you know what we what we see our feeling comes from what we perceive is the reality around us praise the name of jesus so the angel challenged them and said you know what you must stop believing in your feeling and start believing in the scripture hallelujah another truth another thing that we can see from this statement this statement directs them from the current event to the wisdom of god all right they were stuck on the current event they were shaken by what has happened what has happened all the disciples yes they were shaking the last three days has been tough all right you can also read the story in uh, verse 13 uh, through 18 you will see the uh, and that was uh, talked about this morning the disciples on the road to emmaus they were stuck you know by what has just happened in fact when they were so stuck and stunned bewildered and confused that jesus appeared to them they didn't even know it was jesus they were so overwhelmed overcome by current event you know sometimes we think we are so current but we are behind you know the women thought they were current in fact they were trying to be more current than the rest of the disciples they were trying to get ahead of the disciples they said you know very early in the morning we're going to go there we're going to make sure we're the first set of people to see him and maybe we can have some bragging rights that we saw the lord and we washed him we took care of his body we put spices on him so when the angel told them the angel just busted their bubbles why are you looking for the living among the dead praise the name of jesus and you know many of us can be like that too so stuck on what has happened to us lately many people are stuck on what is going on around us i know many people who are stuck on the political environment they can't even see hope all right i know many people who can be stuck on personal things they are going through they can't even see what god is doing in a sometimes when we focus on current events we miss god's wisdom is it god's providence god's ways they are not our ways god's ways they are bigger they are more powerful and they have better results a lot of time the reason why we miss god's ways is not because we don't want god's ways is because we are focused on what is going on around you we are overwhelmed overcome by the event in our lives by what didn't go wrong what didn't go well what went wrong you know what i missed what someone missed what someone did what someone didn't do and in the midst of that we can miss the voice of god we can miss the leading of the holy spirit we can miss the providence of god praise the name of jesus so this question today i believe is challenging many people here to shift from just focusing on current events stop focusing on what had happened focus on god's wisdom ask god say what are you saying in the midst of this what are you trying to tell me are you trying to get my attention are you trying to tell me something deeper and bigger are you trying to show me that you can be a, a you know there can be something more a lot of times 
It's very hard for us to go through current events, to go over them. But when we listen carefully, God is saying something bigger. God is showing us something greater. And I'm praying that this Easter will be able to see it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Another thing that they were trying to do here is they were trying to fulfill the law. You see, they were trying to fulfill the law. You see, by preparing spices, by doing all that, they were trying to do something that was the law that was provided by the law. Now, they should have done that, but they were, time did not uh, permit them. You know, because as soon as Jesus was buried, it was Sabbath, and they couldn't do anything on Sabbath day. So everybody had to go home and rest and not be able to do what they were supposed to do. So according to the law, no matter what you're doing on Sabbath, you suspend and you continue after Sabbath. So they were bent on making sure they fulfilled the law. But is it, it is not interesting that it is in the process of that that the gospel of grace came. And grace was introduced because of resurrection. So they couldn't fulfill the law because grace took over. Because the resurrection power took over. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. They couldn't make it there. Jesus already fulfilled the law before they got there. And that is very, very important. Why do you look for the living among the dead? They will soon, they soon discover Jesus is alive. The next thing you see here is resurrection, or that question rather, redirects them from their grief, from their sorrow, to joy. Hallelujah. If Jesus is alive, if Jesus is not dead, then all everyone who trusts him have the supreme reason to rejoice. I want to let you know, no matter what you're going through, there is a reason to rejoice. And that reason is Jesus is alive. Praise the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. We have a living hope in him. There's hope in the resurrection of Jesus. There is hope. The resurrection of Jesus tells us, no matter how bad a situation is, there is hope at the end of it. I want you to just imagine the disciple. You know, sometimes we go through things in life, we just expect things to improve, and it doesn't improve. You know, sometimes, you know, that's our experience. Just imagine the experience of the disciple. I'm sure in their mind, no, Jesus can be arrested. I mean, they've seen Jesus done, well. I mean, he has done wonderful things. He's raised the dead, he's healed the sick, he's walked on water. All of a sudden, why should we be afraid that he will be arrested? They're like, no, he can't be arrested. That's not possible. I mean, the Jesus we know, the guy is not even afraid during the storm. He's sleeping in the boat when the storm was raging. Why should he be afraid? I'm sure in their mind, this is never going to happen. Then right in their very eyes, before their very eyes, he was arrested. And I'm sure they're like, you know, he's just tricking them. You know, he's just tricking them. I'm sure... Obviously, we know he did nothing wrong. I'm sure by the time Herod finds out, I'm sure by the time he gets to the priest 
and they, they examine him, they're going to just let him go. He went to the priest. No. Herod, Pilate, I'm sure no. Something must happen. This is not going to happen. I'm, we are so sure nobody can arrest and kill our master. They thought things were going to get better. It kept getting worse. Right? He was arrested. Then he was sentenced to death. I'm sure that was a shockwave. I'm sure they were trying to wake themselves. Are we, are we, is this real? Are we in a dream or something? You know, but before they knew it, the sentence was being carried out. Jesus had the cross. I'm sure in their mind, they learned, you know what? I think it's going to disappear before we get to the cross. I mean, we, I am so sure this is not going to happen. Right in their very eyes, he took the cross. He was beaten. He was going. He was going. And they got to the cross. I am sure in their mind, they said, you know what? It's not going to happen. Before they took him and nailed him, he's probably going to disappear. And Jesus never disappeared. He was nailed to the cross. And I'm sure they are like, you know what? He's tricking them. By the time they put him to the cross, they will realize that he can never die. Don't you believe? I mean, Jesus can never die. Do you believe Jesus can die? They say, no, it is not possible. Right in their very eyes, Jesus died. And they're like, you know what? Maybe he's just, maybe he fainted. <laughs> maybe he's deceiving them. But right before them, they saw the body. And that's why the Bible says they were there. They watched Joseph the Arimathea, took the body, took him to the tomb, buried him, and put the stone, rolled the stone before them. I'm sure maybe part of why they went very early was to really confirm they were not dreaming, was to confirm, you know, is this really real? But when they got there, the power of resurrection already showed up. Praise the mighty name of Jesus. You know, sometimes we go through situations in life like that. It get worse. We think it should get better. It get worse. You think the relationship should get better. It get worse. You think, the sick, you, know, you think there should be improvement. It get worse. You know, you think, you know what, the, light, the path of the just must be brighter and brighter. Things should get better. Every day should get better. But for me, it looks like it's getting worse. What is the purpose of this? Why isn't this happening? You know, is, is God even listening to me? Does God answer prayer anymore? Does God even care for me anymore? You know what? There is something called resurrection. There is something called resurrection. Resurrection means there is always hope. Resurrection means no matter what your situation is, there is a reason to rejoice. And I have an announcement for someone this morning. There is a reason for to rejoice. You can rejoice. Regardless of what the enemy has done to you, regardless of what the attack, regardless of how bad situation is, there is a reason to rejoice. Because if God waited until Jesus was crucified, waited until he was, he was, he was buried, and the stone was rolled before he showed up, he's going to show up on your behalf. Yeah. Hallelujah. The Bible says if the, enemy, if the devil knew, he would not have crucified the, Lord, the, God, the, God of, the king of glory. I'm sure at that point there was already joy in the kingdom of darkness. Because they didn't believe, too, that Jesus could die. You know, they just tried. 
They didn't believe that Jesus could be killed. I'm sure even in the kingdom of darkness, they were saying to themselves, let's give it a try. I mean, this is it's not possible. The guy has raised the dead before. I mean, so many, so many. So why should we believe this can happen? But let's give it a try. And they thought they have succeeded. But they only succeeded for a few hours. You know, sometimes, even when they thought they have succeeded, you have a reason to say it's only going to be for a very short time. It's going to be for a very short time. So resurrection tells us there is a reason to rejoice. In this, you greatly rejoice. Though now for a little while, you may have to suffer grief of all kinds of trials. This is in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 6. Because of resurrection, we have a new birth. We have an eternal inheritance. Because of resurrection, we have reason to rejoice. Because of resurrection, we have reason to believe God's power is unlimited. There is no situation that is too, too difficult for him. There is no situation that is too, too, too far gone. There is no condition that is too you know, that is too great that God's power can touch. And there is no grief that is too strong that cannot be turned to joy. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We have every reason to believe there is hope. If you are here today, you haven't experienced that power of resurrection. Maybe you've been looking for the living among the dead. Maybe you've been looking for joy in the wrong place. You know, so many people look for things. They look for joy. They look for peace. They look for satisfaction. They look for hope. But they're looking in the wrong places. They're not looking it in the resurrected Jesus. Some people even look for those things in religion. You know, they, they observe some religious things, thinking that will just fill their void. Some people look for those things in vices. Some people look for those relief by, you know, by getting involved in drugs. Some people look, in, look for those things by getting involved in you know, all kinds of sexual perversions. Some people look for those things by getting involved in all kinds of things. Some people even look for those in themselves. You know, you know what that means? You are looking for the living among the dead. The only living person the only one that was and is and is to come is jesus christ we serve a risen king he's not a dead savior you know every other religion in the world they have a savior quote and unquote who was dead they can go to the tomb and they can just mark it we have a savior that lives forever hallelujah lives forever we have a savior that lives forever. We, can't, we don't need to celebrate his death. We celebrate his resurrection. We have a savior who is in charge. We have a savior, the Bible says, because he lives forever, he is able to save us to the uttermost. He's able to supervise his work. You know, he's able to supervise it. He's able to be on top of it. He's able to answer our prayer because he's alive. So if you have been looking for salvation, if you have been looking for relief, if you have been looking for hope in different places, I want to challenge you today, look to Jesus.
look to the risen king. Look for the one that was and is and is to come. Look for the one that lives eternally. So if that is your situation, I don't want you to leave this service. Still putting your hope in things that have no value. Still putting your hope in things that would disappear. Put your hope in Christ. I want us to bow down our heads as we pray. Today will be a wonderful day for you if you want to really accept Jesus as your personal audience. I want you to raise your right hand. I would like to pray for you. If you're that person, you're that person here, you want to really put your faith in the risen Lord. I'd like you to raise your right hand. Thank you for that hand. Thank you very much. Any other person here? God bless you. Any other person here? I'd like to pray for you just while you're standing. I want you to just stand up where you are. I'd like to know who I'm praying for. Please rise up. If you raise your hand, just rise up and stand. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. May God bless you. Thank you, man. God bless you. You really want to switch gear. You want to say, you know what? Things must change. I want to begin to put my hope in the risen Lord. I don't want to trust on things that, that dies. I want to trust on the Savior that lives. I have a feeling there's one or two people who are just resisting. I don't want you to stop. I, want you to, I don't want you to resist. I want you to please be bold. The Lord bless you. There's at least one person, one person that needs to stand up. Please stand. I'll give you a few seconds before I pray. Today is your day of salvation. Today is the day that your story can change forever. Your name can be written in the book of life today. I want you to please yield to him, respond to him. The Lord bless you. The Lord bless you. I want you to place your hands on your chest. If you're standing, your right hand, put it on your chest. And you're going to just repeat this prayer after me. You're going to say, Lord Jesus, I thank you because you died for me. I thank you because you took my sin upon you and you paid the price. Today, I confess you are my savior, you are my Lord. I confess you died for my sin, you were buried, and on the third day, you rose again. Today, I put my faith absolutely in the resurrected Jesus. I believe you are the source of everything to me, the source of my hope, the source of my joy, the source of my, uh, my, my hope in life. I thank you. I thank you today. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you for these ones who are courageous enough to publicly identify with you. Jesus, you said in your word, no one that publicly confess you shall you reject. I'm asking today, you accept this one. And I'm asking today, you will begin a great work in their life. I'm asking today, you'll begin to walk with them. I'm asking today you'll show yourself strong on their behalf. you begin to reveal yourself to them in a very special way. Thank you because you've answered our prayer. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I want the entire church to stand up. We're going to just pray. Hallelujah.
You know, many of us, we have areas of our lives where we are looking for the living among the dead. Simply, we are looking in the wrong places. Simply, we are not current. You know, we are not in sync with him. You know, we're thinking current, God has moved on. You know, we're focusing on our experience, but God wants us to focus on his word. I want us to ask him today. Let's ask. The Holy Spirit is supposed to help us to be able to look in the right place. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to look in the right place. Can we just begin to pray? Let's ask him. Say, Holy Spirit, help me to look in the right place. Help me to look for God. To look for God in the right place. Help me to look for him. Help me to see him. Open my eyes of understanding. In the mighty name of Jesus, help me, Holy Spirit. Yes. Help me, Holy Spirit. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. I also want us to pray. One of the things resurrection does, resurrection shows us there is hope in any situation. I want to pray for people today who have hopeless situation in their lives. All right? You have, an, you have a situation in your life that only God. Guess what? I think God loves those situations. Because those situations need the power of resurrection. If you have a situation in your life that needs resurrection, it has defied all kinds of human effort. You know you just need God. I want you to go to him and say, God, I need you. And I believe that he's here today. I want you to tell him that situation. Tell him that situation. Tell him maybe it's a sickness that needs God. Maybe it's a legal situation that needs God. Maybe it's a, it's a marriage situation that, you know what, without God, it cannot happen. Father, I invite the power of resurrection here today. Holy Spirit, I ask you will move through this congregation and begin to touch life, begin to touch situations, marriages, relationships, bodies, begin to change circumstances that seem hopeless, that look like it's never, never, never going to change. But because there is power of resurrection, I ask that power will touch in the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you because you have answered us today. We give you all glory and all honor. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Can we put our hands together and honor him? Hallelujah. We can have our seat. Let's put our hands one more time for our pastor. That was an amazing word. An amazing word.